Really? Hey, you didn't get it. It hadn't started recording. You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 59. The Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining subjects. My name is Greg, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Jimmy. Hello. And Rob. What you gonna do? Woo! Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, We discuss pop culture, we discuss entertainment, and a little bit of nostalgia. We took a planned week off last week because our October is insanely busy with work and the big Halloween show that Jimmy and I helped put on, and of course, Halloween Horror Nights and trick-or-treating and all that other stuff. Also, yeah. Rob has to make his sexy schoolgirl outfit, and that it takes, takes a, lot a lot of time. It does. And it takes Jimmy and I a lot of therapy to get past seeing Rob in the sexy schoolgirl outfit. No, it takes you a lot of therapy to get past you liking schoolgirl outfit. Uh, my therapist was not supposed to tell you that. <laughs> so anyway, this week... We are. We were going to try to move on from horror stuff since we've had a whole bunch of it the last few weeks. No, but I refuse. Yeah. So, but we ended up. We're going to have to talk a little bit about Spooky Empire, which Jimmy got a chance to do. Uh, sure did. Uh, there's going to be a huge amount of news from Walking Dead, or at least some discussion. But I'm the only one that saw it, so I'm going to have to discuss it with myself. Uh, Metallica re-released or remastered and Justice for All, their 1988 album, I believe. Yes. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, the Metallica fans are going to know what we're talking about, but there are others. It's kind of an interesting story, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, so Jimmy will be possibly quitting the podcast to just go play that. I've considered it. Yeah. That good, huh? It's so great, man. I'm looking forward to it. And Rob is going to tell us a little bit about the chilling adventures of Sabrina, which I've seen the first episode, so we'll just be able to discuss that. Mm-hmm. So... As always, guys, this is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We'll try to avoid any major twists, so if you didn't know that Jason Newstead's bass was deliberately lowered in the mix of Metallica's and Justice for All, or that I didn't know that Jason Newstead's bass was deliberately lowered in the mix of Metallica's and Justice for All, then you might want to pause the show and come back later. Uh, Did you actually not know that, Rob? I actually did not know that. That is correct. There you go. Script writing at its finest. Well done. Well done. So if you guys, uh, yeah, that's, it's actually not a spoiler. That's a fact. Um, and, and we will talk about it. It's, it's a weird story, but if you guys wanted to get in touch with us, um, you can find us on Facebook, of course, by searching for the give me five podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at give me five pod. You can email, email us directly at give me five podcast at gmail.com. And with all of those guys, the five is spelled out. So it's F-I-V-E, not the number. Uh, and uh, thank you in advance. You know, please leave us a, a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you are using. Uh, helps us stand out from the pack, and we'd really appreciate it. You can uh, show your support another way if you'd uh, like to get some cool swag with our logo on it. You could go to giveme5podcast.threadless.com. You can get yourself all the goodies you need. Now, we have another way as well um, that you guys can support us if you don't feel like purchasing swag or um, leaving us a review. But who doesn't want to purchase swag? I mean, come on. 
it's true. It's it's a. I mean, we've got one of the coolest logos. I think uh, that is not wrong. Very cool logo. Yeah, and uh, thanks, Katie. Shout out. Uh, and on our Libsyn page, where you know some of you guys might be listening, you can click our Amazon link. Now, by clicking on that link and purchasing uh, things that you normally purchase, paper towels, toilet paper, whatever. Um, you're not charged anything extra, but a little hypodermic t- needles. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, I'm keeping it clean, man. Latex gloves. Crack. You can get that on Amazon. Right? No, not on Amazon anymore. Oh. There's a thing. Not anymore. So <laughs> did they ever? Uh, you can go there. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And like I said, a little bit of that comes back to us. So well, actually, I have seen a few people that have done that. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea who those people are. It just lets us know. And, we appreciate uh, you. Yeah, we totally thank you very much. And yeah. hopefully you guys found it easy to do because it's not really hard. Um, even on the app, you can like go into the app that way, I think. Mm-hmm. And it works. So yeah, thank you very much. So what's new, guys? Rob, is there Ab- something? Absolutely new? nothing new oh, okay. whatsoever. Yeah, no, not at all. No, nothing at all. Nope. I um, well. Actually, the- this, this past weekend, I I did get a new puppy. Yay. And she is absolutely adorable. Yeah, Rob, you're going to have to throw up a picture of that thing on uh, on, our, on Instagram. our Instagram. Okay. But yeah, you got a new puppy, and you put a picture of a dildo warehouse on Instagram instead of a picture of the puppy. <laughs> that, it, you know what that is, right? Yeah, well, it's for, I'm assuming it's for, like, boats and ATVs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it is. Jet but space. it's it's so weird that you drive past it. You drive past this sign on the street that says "Adult Toy Storage," and I'm like, you know, because you read "Adult Toy" and you expect to see store or superstore or outlet or something like that. But "Adult Toy Storage," I'm like, who the hell has that many dildos? What the <laughs> what the f, dude? And we're gonna revisit that later, I believe, with our question, Rob. Oh, okay. Sweet. Um, so what is the puppy's name? The puppy's name is Riley. Um, actually, uh, I call her Riley. Jen calls her Riley Ray because she had to have some kind of Disney name in there somewhere. So she got Ray from Star Wars. Um, okay. So she nice, calls nice. her Riley Ray. Um, but she is a she is a beautiful blue Merle, toy Australian Shepherd. She's got two bright blue eyes um, and super smart. I... I mean, I know that everybody says you should get from the pound, you should get from the pound, but you very rarely can you get puppies from the pound. And around here, like 90% of the dogs in the pound are pit bulls. And, you know, Mm -hmm. pit bulls are fine. They're great dogs, but it's just not the type of dog I want. Um, And she's, like I said, she's a toy Australian shepherd. So she's estimated to be about 10 pounds fully grown. Wow. Nice. That'd be good when I steal her. So I can easily uh, fit her in a duffel bag. Yeah, like you, back. like you tried to do with Shayla. Exactly. Who's well, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And I will throw Speaking up some of dogs. That was actually my dog, not Rob's dog, barking in the background. Yeah. My dog who knows better. Make sure you include the uh, hashtag dogs of Instagram. I, I hear that's a really popular one. Yeah. So, um, what's well, new? Like Greg said, Red Dead Redemption came out. Um, it's it's been. It's been a crazy month for Greg and myself. Um, we'd like to congratulate Mitch. Um, whom we, we had on before Mitch had a, uh, a healthy baby boy. Um, so congratulations, Mitch. Uh, we haven't heard from, from Kerwin too much. Uh, I want to give you an update on him. Kerwin went up to help in the panhandle. 
Uh, oh, really? Yeah, so he, he was he was up there and kind of doing a doing a good thing, and uh, it looked beautiful where he was. But the devastation around there is pretty severe. So, um, you know, consider helping out with with relief efforts. And just because it's not on the news doesn't mean that people don't still need. Uh, it's it's bad, help. dude. Like he he was sending me pictures, and it just looks like it's post apocalyptic. You know, is, is what it looks like. And you so, don't really hear anything about it on the news anymore. No, you don't. And it's bad and people are still struggling. He um he had to get a tire replaced and uh, the Pet Boys there was still without power. So they, they had like a pop-up shop because a lot of people, including him, were getting flat tires from all the debris on the road. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you know, consider donating to the Red Cross um, if you haven't. So people still need a lot of help. And, you know, thanks for doing what you did, Kerwin. That's very cool of you. Uh, he volunteered to do it. He wasn't told to. So, um, and yeah, speaking of fire, we'll talk about talk about that a little bit. So it was a lot of fun, man. I, I can't wait for. Uh, also, I'm going to get rid of my dog, which because mm-hmm. I'm sure you hear it in the background. There, there is a a dog available for anybody who wants one. <laughs> anyone, want, anyone wants a very quiet, like 14 year old Papillon, then that dog in the back barking is definitely not her. <laughs> anyway, um, also throughout the podcast, uh, as we are recording on a Thursday, and my team, the Fighting Pittsburgh Steelers, are going against Jimmy's team, the Carolina Panthers. And I wasn't going to say anything. And you will you will know how it's going based on who is more agitated to the other one throughout the the thing. And and uh, Jimmy has already referred to Ben Roethlisberger twice as Fat Faced Turd Burger. Yep. So that's true. awesome. I don't like him. It's true. Yes. We'll we'll see how that's going throughout the night and if i'm like start talking about something and jimmy's like screw you then we'll know that you know <laughs> the Steelers are winning. if jimmy's like i want to talk about spooky empire and i want to be like i want to talk about spooky kicking your ass you'll know that the the panthers are winning so <sighs> we'll, we'll see how how that goes well guys i think it's time for snap decisions Hit it! okay welcome to snap decisions it's this is where we ask each other questions and just try to, you know, see our opinions of them and give very short answers, about a minute. I did not set up the timer, so we'll just kind of try try to keep it short. As we've started recording, we did focus a lot on horror movies and Halloween Horror Nights and all that stuff last month, so we kind of didn't talk a lot about all the new seasons of stuff, and there's been a bunch of them. And two of the shows, this is my question here, two of the shows this year, uh, Arrow and Riverdale, are focusing on putting their characters in prison, their main character in prison for either rightfully Arrow because he was a vigilante or wrongfully Archie because he pissed off the wrong person and is wrongfully accused and was put in prison. Um, So it got me thinking about, it's kind of weird. They're both on the same station and stuff. It just kind of got me thinking about various TV tropes that they might do for a season or for like a single episode or a few episodes and the ones that drive me nuts because wrongfully accused stuff is one of those things that I'm like, "Uh, here's another one. Okay. Uh, so do you, are there any types of TV tropes that drive you crazy? Well, I do have my stopwatch open. Okay. So. I'm not sure that's a trope. <laughs> well, I was saying. I've never seen that episode. I didn't have one. Um, uh, dream sequences. I guess. the I've talked about this before. Um, I guess in shows where, oh, it was all just a dream. I think that's such a cop out. Um, and it's such a, you know, just cheap way out. 
and it annoys me in TV. It annoys me in movies. Why do people still do it? Um, and then I, I might, uh, I might piss some people off here, but, uh, whatever the hell they did in Lost uh, towards the end when it just got so weird, too weird. Actually, I was talking, talking about this today. Um, when things get too weird that they just don't make any sense anymore. Uh, Carnival did that. Um, and I was, I was really enjoying that. And then what was the other one? You're not even done, but the Panthers just scored. So I don't want to hear from you ever again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, I, I know what you mean though. Like when <laughs> I'm actually behind when, when they go with absurdity. Yeah. Um, rather than without ever explaining it to. Yeah. Lost did that. And it was just like, whoa, wait, what? There's a smoke monster. What the hell? And a polar bear. And like, yeah, and and just that. Carnival did it too, and uh, dream sequences. I guess so. That's me. That's that's about okay. a minute. What about you, Rob? Um, honestly, I, I I'd probably have to agree with Jimmy. I mean, as far as TV shows go and, and movies go, there's not there's not a ton that mm-hmm. that really irritates me. Um, although I will say, um, anything political usually irritates the crap out of me. Ah. So I, maybe I get enough of that in my in in everyday life that I don't need it in my freaking entertainment too. Okay, keep it. Keep you it had out. a better you had a better answer the other night. Oh, I did. Yeah. What did I say the other night? Uh, outbreak episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are so overdone. And well, but see, those are those are like um, bottle episodes because they, yeah, they use do. those to quarantine the people into like a couple of rooms in a hospital. So. And it's not so much the bottle episode that I have a problem with. It's just that particular type of bottle episode because it seems like every show wants to do that. We have to quarantine them off. And it's like, well, yep. come up with a better bottle episode. <laughs> yeah, 24, yep. ER, Chicago Hope. Like, I, yeah. But but I'm I'm with Jimmy. I absolutely hate it when they do the um, the the dream sequences and when stuff just doesn't. And, and I've complained about it so much on this show that I hate it when stuff doesn't make sense. Because I'm I'm watching it, and if I if I can lock on to something not making sense during the show, I can't let it go for the entire for the entire thing. Yeah, that, that's less of a that's less of a trope and more of just a something that happens. I was I was going for yeah, more okay. like full full okay. episode stuff. Okay. Um, I think one of mine is, and I was trying to find episodes and movies and things that this has happened in because there are a few of them. I just can't think of them right now. When the person is in a coma or having a near death experience, and they do the extended episode of them trying to get back. Where like they kind of do the thing where they run it, and we're going to talk about this in a bit. It's kind of what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. Where you know they'll see someone from their past, and the person's like, "No, it's not your time," and go back and all that. And I wasn't that uh, lost it again? Entire movie of Insidious trying to get the kid back to his body. Um, I'm not sure if I was that was the one I wasn't able to finish, was it? No, yes, it was. But like, and that's the thing though. Like with any of these, if if it's done right, and there's bound to be one movie or writer or book or tv that does it better than everyone else mm-hmm. i don't want to see it from anyone else i want that like that one is the good example of it right because there have been good dream sequences that it was like you know the tv show legion does weird absurd stuff all the time and i i like that show and the whole, that's what the whole thing is but they do it really well right. uh, so that was my question i'm not sure if you guys have any uh, well i i've got something that you that you actually asked me to look into oh okay um are you, are you, well, I, I was going to ask if you're familiar with it. You're obviously familiar with it because you told me to look into it. Um, BlizzardCon? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I will tell you why I told you to look into it because I know what BlizzardCon is. I have a lot of friends that have gone there and are super excited about it. It's BlizzCon. 
Yeah, BlizzCon. BlizzCon, yes. Sorry. And people totally geek out about it. I have friends that work for Blizzard, all this stuff. But I don't understand why video game people get so up in arms about stuff that isn't a direct ripoff. Like, I do understand getting up in arms about a ripoff or games that aren't completed being released for 60 bucks or having well, to pay. Uh, so that, I don't know. So, Rob, go ahead. So here's the thing. And I... And you, you always hear, well, no, I'll, I'll give you what actually happened. And then, and then the question will be, do you think it's, because it's, it's been two ways. It's been pointed at Blizzard as being the, the, um, the evil entity here. And then it, the fingers also been pointed at the gamers as being lazy entitled gamers. Um, and how the gaming community has been so toxic and people are, people are entitled. Um, so what happened is, is at BlizzCon, they they have the they have the main panel where they like have all kinds of discussions. They make all of their big announcements and everything like that. Okay. Now keep in mind that BlizzCon is something that devout fans pay to attend. Okay. Okay. Um, right. People even pay to stream it online. Okay, because they can't get tickets or they can't attend in person, so they mm-hmm. pay to stream it online. And they pay to watch things like the panels and stuff like that and do the Q&As and find out what the road ahead for Blizzard is. Well, people have been rabid for the release or any information whatsoever on Diablo 4. Which I do not understand, but go ahead. Uh, well, it's it's one of their flagship games. They they have a couple of games: uh, Diablo, uh, Starcraft, and Warcraft. Those are their three yeah. flagships. No, uh, Diablo was one of the first gaming experiences that I had, where you had to pay for multiplayer services through like mm-hmm. multiplayer.net. And I I love the series, but the thing that I don't understand is why people are with you know. I, yeah, maybe several years ago, Diablo three came out, but they're still mm-hmm. putting out new content for it, and they're still keeping right. it fresh. But, so it, I don't, but it has it has been close to six years since a Diablo game came out. Okay, I mean they had they had an expansion that came out a couple years ago, but it's it's been a while since Diablo three came out. Um, okay. So anyway, finish so, up. Real so quick. they're they're at their their main panel, their big panel where they're introducing all of the all of the Blizzard news and events and everything, and their their keynote item. Their big item is Diablo Immortal, which is going to be a mobile game. Okay. Now, the problem with that is, is one, all things that are associated with mobile games. Mobile games essentially are cash grabs. They yes. are, they are, uh, they are uh, the golden cow that just keeps giving because people will, will fork out all kinds of ridiculous money to play these mobile games. I look at them as things to do while I'm pooping. Right. The, the second problem is that Blizzard isn't even making the game. Ah. They're they're just collaborating with another company that already has a game that looks very similar to the gameplay footage that they showed. So a lot of a lot of hardcore Blizzard fans, who by the way are mostly PC players. Okay, keep that in mind because that is their choice format. Are are getting news of this game that is very obviously a cash grab. Well, I I, I should not color my or color your opinion at all. Um, but the the mobile game industry has been has been viewed as cash grabs basically. 
Um, and they're being told that one, Blizzard isn't producing it. They're just collaborating with the company that's doing it. So this other company is going to put it out. And two, they have absolutely no plans whatsoever to port it to other systems. It's going to be a mobile game strictly. That's it. And that's what actually got them booed. When when all of their PC players who paid to attend got this big announcement that, oh, you know, we're going to have this mobile game. And they're like, are you are you serious? We, we don't give a crap about that. And then asked, well, are you at least going to port it over to PC? And they said, well, no, we have no plans to port it to PC. They got booed. And the guy on the stage actually looks at the audience and goes, well, don't you guys have phones? It's like, so hmm. in your opinion, entitled gamers or cash grab company? Go. Okay. I don't understand the anger that gamers have about anything. I'm honestly so behind on things that mm-hmm. if there's something that comes out that I'm not interested in, I'm actually happy at this point. Right. Where it's like, you know, you see a list of, of things, movies, books, games, or whatever, and then you see one gets a bad review. I'm like, oh, thank God. I can save my money. So I, I just don't understand video gamers, despite working around them. And, like, I don't understand that. So the fact that they're still so mad on that stuff, I don't get. Well... Let me put it another way for you. Okay. Pearl Jam has a news conference okay. that you have to pay to attend. You love Pearl Jam, so you okay. pay the money to go to the conference. And they have they have a whole bunch of, you know, state of the band and and their big announcement that you've paid to come for and and witness, you know, in in addition to everything else, but their big announcement is there's going to be a gala where you have to pay to get the dinner, you know, like like a, a, a gala fundraiser or whatever. I thought but, you were going to go with they're releasing a country album. I thought no, no, no. Was, no, no. It's a gala fundraiser that, um, that, they're, that they're participating with. But they're not actually going to be there. They're just going to work with the DJ on uh, what songs he's going to play. And that's um, the thing. would go that. anyway and be super excited about it. In some ways I would, but I would. when it comes to just an announcement kind of thing, I wouldn't have paid in the first place. Like I could just get the news later, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I know YouTube exists. Right. Um, I guess I, I guess I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff. So that's where I'm there. I mean, I, I can understand being disappointed, but booing some poor dude off the stage. I don't know about that. Yeah. Plus, I've there are people working very hard on these things, and uh, and I'm sure Jimmy knows this as well, or even you know even you because you you built you make stuff. I mean, like as a creative working your butt off and probably working long hours and having people like boo about your stuff just because they don't like the format. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's constructive in any way. Now, again, they did not boo the game. They booed the fact that Blizzard has no plans to bring it to PC, which is what all of the people there play. They didn't so, boo until he said, no, we're not bringing it to your platform. So... They're just upset that there's no Diablo 4, and they're upset that they would get a uh, visually um, non-superior game ported over to PC. Um, I have a hard time rationalizing how upset people are. Um, I can tell you this, that I was at, finally went to Cloak and Blaster, and uh, we were celebrating my girlfriend's birthday. For, for those of you elsewhere, that is a, a bar near, near my place. 
that is all video game and fantasy and sci-fi and wizard and all the nerd stuff based and it's very fun yeah it's very cool i discovered a new card game that i'm gonna have to get um but aside from that i the reaction from the people at the bar um i heard one person say oh great so now i'm gonna have to pay a dollar 99 to advance to the next level of the dungeon i think i think blizzards realize that anything they they put out it's gonna make buttloads of money Oh, and I think they're, I think, I think they know that putting this out, that they're going to make even more money. Oh, um, it, yeah, go ahead. So, but, um, I, I can say this. I, I don't, I don't really care too much. Um, it's going to come out. The people, I think a lot of the people who, who booed or are upset are still going to get it anyway. So I think Blizzard's going to win in the end. And what about you, Rob? Well, I mean, I see it from both sides. Um, I, I don't think that they can that or that they should take offense um, or that any developers or whatever should take offense. Um, I think I think that it was mass disappointment. Um, these these fans are rabid. I mean, these, uh, remember these are people who paid to come to the the BlizzCon and get any information that they can. Um, and the fact that they were that they were not provided with something that was you know, groundbreaking or whatever, and that they were provided with this mobile game was kind of a slap in the face um, to these hardcore fans who, who come and love everything Blizzard. And then the fact, and then his, and then their response to him was, was kind of disrespectful as well. I mean, I understand that the, he, that they were booed at that point, but um, I think that a lot of the problem could have been avoided if they'd have just given a 10 second clip of footage of Diablo 4. I mean, it's been in the works for years, um, but they had no plans on releasing any of the footage. But if they wanted to announce the mobile game and follow it up with 10 seconds of, of screen footage from Diablo 4, I think it would have gone completely different. I, so, I did see that, that there was something scuttled. That I don't. There's, it's all rumors at this point. Yeah, that that's Blizzard came out and denied that. That's not true. They never had any plans to release any footage. Blizzard Blizzard came out and flat out denied that. So, gotcha. Okay. Well, I, I think since we're we're done here with uh, the snap decisions, I think mm-hmm. so. Go with go with a little bit of this. And since we're talking about conventions, I think Jimmy had a convention to speak about. I do, and since I'm the only one that went, I won't go on too long. But I will uh, pitch this in a way that if if any of you uh, within you know. Hundred mile radius of of the Give Me Five Studios, um, we're on the fence about whether or not you should travel down and check out Spooky Empire. You know, it's a twice twice a year. The big one is you know right before Halloween, which is the one that I went to. Um, the answer is yes. Um, Greg, you know, Spooky Empire is not like one of these uh, conventions like MegaCon where the celebrities are almost quarantined. See what I did there? Yes. Um, yes I got boom. It behind you know bars and curtains and and you know you you can't even get to them unpaid security guard interns that look angry at you if you happen to walk the wrong way or if you pull out your phone you know and and go to take a selfie to get a shot of you know meatloaf over your shoulder then you know they're gonna come after you but spooky empire man the celebrity area and uh you know it's it's wide open you can go up and just talk to them 
you don't, you know, inevitably, yeah, the conversation is going to turn into, so you want to buy a picture for 40 bucks? And she's like, no, thanks. Bye. Um, but, uh, I got to sh- shake Mick Foley's hand. Nice. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, he was, he was real nice. He, uh, I, I don't know what I expected. I went up and I, I get really starstruck by these guys still. And he, uh, yeah, you know, no teeth. Um, he was selling, you know, Mr. Sacco and <laughs> pictures and he was very animated and taking pictures with fans. And I would have bought a Mr. Sacco. He was putting it over his, his hand and, you know, doing the, the Mr. Sacco thing to the people who were getting pictures with him. Um, I would have bought a Mr. Sacco as well. So How much Robert- was it? Well, how much was a Mr. Sacco? A Mr. Sacco was like 20 bucks, I oh, think. totally. I would have bought a Mr. Sacco. <laughs> and then the combo, like, photo plus Mr. Sacco was like 40 bucks. Um, I probably would have even done a photo. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, was also there. And I guess I didn't realize that she has got such a huge following. The line for the photo op was insane. And they're, they're even, um, she brought with her a, uh, exclusive Funko Pop figure that you could buy for $55. And, uh, they ran out because there were so many people. There was actually a fist fight, um, over these, these Funko Pop things that people freak wow. out for, um, that I refuse to buy because I know I will end up with 50,000 of them. Um, sorry. Spooky Empire. So not only do they have, um, celebrity guests that you can get photo ops with or you can even talk to Greg when Greg and I went they had the entire cast of the movie it and we talked to Shannon Elizabeth you know as well and Greg talked to nice. uh, the guitar player from Skid Row uh, Rachel Bolin yeah yeah so uh, bass player bass player I think bass player I'm sorry um yeah uh, Joey Image from the Misfits you know although his time in the Misfits I, I believe was pretty short he was there uh Phil Anselmo from Pantera you know he was there being racist Sitting there, yeah, he's eh, that whole thing. But you know, he was there. Sid Haig was there. Man, I I know he's old, but man, he looks so old. Uh, But yeah, this this is the big year. The big thing this year was the X Files reunion. Um, They do this uh, one year. It was Stranger Things. One year it was you know American Werewolf, and uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to see what they have in March. I think they do more of the classic one in March, like the retro one. Yeah. So really looking forward to announcements from there. Um, they have vendors everywhere with very unique stuff. Uh, they have a tattoo convention as well at the same time that if you want to go get tattoos in a big resort, you can. Um, uh, did you get any weird bears this year? I did not. No. She was there, and I talked to her. Um, that, of course, is uh, Deviant Dolls who we've got our mascot Chester the Blood Monkey from. Exactly. So check them out, Deviant Dolls. Uh, they're on Etsy. Um, what else? Uh, Mucklebones LLC and Phantasmagoria put together a little show. It was $5 each, uh, $5 a person for entry, and it was just a very cool, well-acted, little guided tour through some, uh, you know, Halloween kind of traditions and things like that. Very cool. Oh, and you sent me a picture. Can I ask you about this picture? Yeah. Uh, it appeared to be pe- uh, slashers wrestling each other. Was it? Uh, oh man! Was it? Who was it? Mike Myers and Leatherface, or Jason and Leatherface, or I don't know. It was. So the um, I want to make sure I get their name right. That is, uh, yeah, it is Fantasy Super Cosplay Wrestling. 
they had Zeta Zhang, who is a NXT alumni. Uh, she was in the Mae Young Classic. Um, I, I, we got there kind of late. So I saw her leaving. And then the match that, that my girlfriend and myself saw was, um, we saw Bad Ash from Army of Darkness, uh, <laughs> against Ghostface from Scream, which was great because Bad Ash, like, beat Ghostface with the Necronomicon. Nice. <laughs> that is fantastic. And then we had, um, Leatherface versus Michael Myers. And dude, whoever was playing Michael Myers was so freaking funny. He <laughs> just like dove out of the ring and, and, you know, tackled. Oh, oh man. It, it, this was the best part of the show. Look, they had local rock and rollers, uh, American party machine playing. Uh, and the, um, the, this is awesome chant started and I just oh, got nice. chills. Because Michael Myers and Leatherface came out and started fighting in the crowd and outside into the convention. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, Michael Myers did a, a, a flip onto uh, Leatherface on the, the chairs in the crowd. And um, the announcers were super funny. Like, Leatherface got back into the ring. And Michael Myers, he just, like, walked very casually back to the ring. Just playing the role perfectly. Um they're they're going to be at Florida Supercon, um, I, I guess in Miami, uh, very soon. So if you guys get the opportunity, they are a traveling wrestling act. It does not cost you any additional money outside of what you pay to get into Spooky Empire, um, or whatever convention you're going to. And one last thing, I'll tell you guys a tip right now: if you're on the fence about it, you should definitely check it out. You know, bring about a hundred bucks, have a good time, get your picture taken with a bunch of people. And uh, pay attention to the dates um, on Friday the 13th, you know, every year before the convention. Friday the 13th, tickets are 13 bucks. So wait, buy your tickets on Friday the 13th. That's a great deal. I, I mean, it really is. I like Megacon, but by the time I'm done paying for parking and paying for the ticket, I usually bu- barely buy anything. Uh, tic- I'll uh, buy a couple things for my kid. Yeah, the uh, parking tickets, we were there for several hours. Our, our, my parking uh, bill at the end of the night was 15 bucks. So not awful. It's at the Creep Royale, and then it's somewhere else in March. So check it out, SpookyEmpire.com. A lot of fun. You know, I can't wait to see who they announce as guests for, for March. Awesome. Thank you very much. That you was our welcome. That was our Spooky Empire correspondent, Jimmy. Live on the scene. Well done, Jimmy. Okay, we're staying a little spooky here, and... Maybe another word for spooky, of course, is chilling. And Rob has watched the entire uh, season one of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and he wants to talk about it. I have. Amongst the squeaking of a puppy toy. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I love the idiot on the halftime show here standing in the back of the crowd with his Red Sox jersey up in the air. Uh, Is he like holding the the chest so you can see the name? Yeah, whatever. Sorry. I understand. I'm still bitter. Hey Rob, let's talk about uh, the Chilling Empire. The, uh, the Chilling Empire. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> Chilling <laughs> Empire. That is a whole new thing. At least the word Empire was above that on the script. Uh, chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Good. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I I do have to say that um, I was fairly surprised having having been mildly familiar with the Adventures of Teenage or Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Um, the tone in this show is completely different completely i mean would you agree with that greg i mean this is this is a much more adult oriented show i think it certainly looks like it even 
much more adult oriented, even if it's still got that whole, almost that whole, um, uh, teen feel to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I've watched the first episode, like I said earlier, and I've not had a chance to watch more because again, we've said we've been busy, but that's boohoo. Um, what I knew about the Sabrina at all, I knew it existed in the past. I had never seen anything. I knew there was a cat. And then I did see that, that the showrunner of Riverdale was in charge of it. And Riverdale took something very lighthearted and very 50s and wholesome and made it super dark. So I was yeah. very interested to see what they would take with something that is already kind of dark, depending on your opinion of it, and going with that. So the showrunner, I guess, is what, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa? Um, yeah, good luck with that. I I have no good idea. job. It's close yeah, enough. I'm reading it, but either way, so he he, I guess it, it's dark, right? Yes, absolutely. Throughout the whole thing, I mean, it's not it's not something that that is like, oh, you know, maybe maybe they're going to lighten it up. No, they 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 don't they don't lighten it up. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured that out when in the first episode the the person got killed with the scissors to the throat. Oh, like, yeah, I totally I forgot like, about that. Like behind the desk, I was like, oh, okay. Not for kids. Yeah, no, not really. But I, I forgot about that because she's actually in the show for the entire season. Oh, really? Yeah. So she, the yeah. the person who kills her basically takes her spot, takes her place. Uh, okay, yeah. I think that happens in the first episode, too. So that's not really yeah. much of a spoiler. That's more of a plot point, like a major plot point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so did the, this show is on what? Uh, Riverdale? Or Riverdale. What is wrong with me? Uh, Netflix? Yes. Yes, okay. it is. It's another Netflix show. And did it fall prey to some of the other Netflix shows where they have to extend it a little too long and it gets either slow at points or has to take weird directions? Um, I didn't think so because they 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 came towards this one. That, well, there, there were a couple of events that all kind of coalesced in the last episode. And when the episode was over, I was like, oh, God, please tell me I have another episode. Oh, no, I have to wait. So... Um, I I thought they he did. Was a so really... upset that he just went out and bought a puppy. I I was. It, now what exactly am I gonna what do? Happened. Well, gotta get a puppy. Get a puppy. Um. So the I thought they did a really good job with with the pacing and everything like that. Um. They, there didn't really seem to be too many like throwaway episodes. Um. I think I think it, at least the Netflix shows do that very well. So I and I think the t a lot of TV shows have started getting away from that and getting getting more into putting out quality episodes just less of them you know what i mean mm -hmm. so and and this this season this netflix series has i believe 10 episodes in the first season okay yeah i think when they do like the 13 the 14 18 sometimes you have to they have to throw in an episode and honestly is even as a a viewer and a fan of something i'd much rather have like two or three episodes that have a much bigger budget for more mm -hmm. sets and for more effects than a throwaway episode where they do a dream sequence or something like that, you know, like, or where they add or an in, outbreak episode. Yeah. Like a three episode segue where they just do like feel good things or they do some, a completely unrelated story with another character. Yeah. So, so they, they did a really good job. There really wasn't too much throwaway episodes. The, the, all of the episodes stuck with the main story, the overarching story of the, of the series. So, so in that respect, they, they, they did a, they did an excellent job and the, the show itself is actually really entertaining. I, I found myself really enjoying it and I didn't think I would, I thought it was going to be dumb, but I, I 
Jen started watching it and I watched the first episode with her and it was something I kept watching. So it was very enjoyable. It was another one that Netflix did right. And uh, just one more question. Um, the, the cat, actually two more questions. Uh, Salem? How, how, yeah. How, how was the cat? The cat I only awesome, saw, by the way. I the, saw the, the cat, cat as didn't have, kind of a demon thing. Yeah. The cat didn't have a very big role, but the, the times where the cat was used were, were really neat. Um, the cat saves her at one point. Um, but the Salem is actually a familiar, which is like a, a goblin that can take shape of something else, at least in this, in this story, in this, in this, uh, world, I guess. Um, so Salem is actually pretty cool. They haven't gotten too deep into, into, you know, they haven't gotten too much into Salem's backstory or anything like that. So you don't know a whole lot about Salem, but yeah, it was, it was the 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 instance where where he came to a rescue was actually really cool. Yeah, the no. oh good. I was gonna say real quick, who would win in a fight, Church from Pet Cemetery or Salem? Salem. Okay. One of the reasons I wanted to watch the show, or the reason I watched the first episode before I got a little too busy to like focus on it, uh, was the lead actress Kiernan Shipka. Uh, she was she played Don Draper's daughter in Mad Men. Oh, okay. And I have a the thing I find interesting about her, she's a really good actress, and in that. Siri, she occasionally showed a little bit of a dark side, more of a 60s dark side because of when that side was set, you know, like purposefully torturing her parents and pushing certain things. But the weird thing about that show was, I think the first time I started watching Mad Men, I was with my mom at the time and she was pointing out that like, it was it was such a different era, like kids were seen and not heard back in the 60s. And there's right. a, a scene in Mad Men where she talks during a party and one of her parents' friends smack her. And it's shocking for us, but mom's like, oh, yeah, that used to happen all the time. Like, if you spoke when you weren't supposed to, like, any adult would swat you. So I always really? kind of, like, not not hard, but, you know, like, go to your room or just smack. You're not supposed to be talked to or, you know. Just, yeah, I mean, she was like, oh, yeah, it was, like, kind of one of those things. And I thought that was really interesting. But the weird thing was is that, like, I always associated her with my mom as a little girl, even though they don't look alike. Mm-hmm. So, so later on in Mad Men, when she was, like coming of age and they did the episodes where she was like sneaking away to like make out with boys and stuff like that. It completely geek, like freaked me out. Like, uh, no, okay. Not mom. <laughs> but just because of that, like I thought she was a really good actress and mm-hmm. like, I was like, wonder what she's going to do next. And when I saw this, I'm like, okay, I definitely have to check in on that. I thought the casting yeah. was really good. Yeah. And, and she, she was very good as Sabrina. Um, actually all of the cast did, did a very good job. Um, I, I, I never really looked it up and I kept meaning to because the, and I know they're not, but they, they, um, the two actresses that they got to play Zelda and Hilda kind of reminded me a lot of the actresses from Sabrina, the teenage witch. Zelda, uh, Miranda Otto was Zelda and Hilda was Lucy Davis. Oh yeah. Lucy Davis. Okay. She's the, she's a British actress. She, she's, um, from Wonder Woman. She was the, like the comic relief in Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The assistant. Yes, I, I remember her from, from watching the first episode. Okay, cool. Well, awesome. Um, thank you very much. And I, I got to finish that. I'll let you know what I think when I do. So finally, I get to talk about a game. Uh, I've not been gaming that much, um, as much as I'd, I'd have liked to. You know, things have been busy, but this one I've been looking forward to for a really long time, and that's Red Dead Redemption 2. It's the third game in the series. If you played Red Dead Revolver, that was the first, and then Red Dead Redemption, now part two. It was released on October 26th, and it is massive. 
um, I read that in capital letters because it's in scale and file size. Uh, it's absolutely huge. It took four and a half hours to install on my hard drive. And uh, sorry, Rob, Red Dead Online isn't available yet. Yeah, I heard that it was coming in a later update. Yeah, it will. And, you know, Rockstar can take all the time in the world because it's going to be awesome. I am having a blast playing the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just a, a kind of brief summary. You are a character named Arthur Morgan. Now, this is a prequel to Red Dead Redemption. Okay. And you play a character named Arthur Morgan. You do um, meet John Marston, who's the character from Red Dead Redemption. You meet him pretty early in the game. Um, you interact with him. He's there. He's a member of your your gang, the Vanderlyn gang. And uh, it's at the turn of the century, and the law is making its way west, and opportunities for an outlaw are starting to disappear. So um, I don't have an Xbox One S, and by all accounts, it's absolutely just drop dead gorgeous on there. It's, it's gorgeous on my Xbox. Um, the, there, there's so many amazing technical achievements in this game that I, I mean, I just don't know how they did it. You know, there are, um, effects like, um, caustics, uh, in the water. I went fishing for like two hours. Oh, fishing's great, by the way. Mm-hmm. I was fishing for like two hours and just staring at the water. As the sun went down, uh, the subsurface scattering, which is the effect, uh, for example, if you take a flashlight and you put it in the palm of your hand, um, and you kind of see through and it's kind of diffused, uh, that's, that's subsurface scattering. You see it, the noses and the ears and the hands of the characters, which I think is absolutely amazing. There is dynamic snow where you're trudging through the snow. You are creating you know, you're pushing your feet. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, and of course, there are some absolutely hilarious opportunities for uh, horse fails. Um, I'm going to say the receiver did not have control of the ball on that touchdown. But anyway, uh, you can very easily like run into a wall with your horse and you'll just like flop off of it. Thank you, Ragdoll Physics. Uh, I've only done it a couple of times where I was trying to keep the wolves away from a certain character and I'm, I'm a, I rotate the camera around and I just hit a rock and go flying. Um, one time I was trying to get out of somewhere really quickly and you know, in red dead, you have to tap a, um, at least on Xbox. And I just flipped around really quick and ran into a brick wall. Uh, fortunately my, my horse was okay. Um, now can you hurt your horse? You can kill your horse. And I'm trying my absolute best. I I still have the horse that I started with. Um, So I'm doing the best that I can. Now, it would not if you do. Yeah. You just exit the game really quickly. Um, I tried to name my horse Virginia after the great state that I grew up in. And it said it violated the community standards. It would not let me name my horse Virginia. Gamers are a little sensitive about the uh, the virgin thing. Oh God! Um, I, the the only thing, and I've talked to this with a, a few other people, the controls can be a little bit clunky sometimes. Um, where you'll you'll pull out your gun, it'll say you'll put your gun away, and then it'll say to hit right trigger to aim your gun, but it doesn't like pop up immediately and. It just gets a little weird sometimes. Um, so you can very accidentally 
a, a lot of the times I won't pull my gun out fast enough. So, you know, you're in the middle of a firefight and you go and kind of casually pull your gun out and just kind of casually. And I'm just like, ah, I'm dying here. Um, duck, duck. Or you're going to accidentally, as I have done, you're going to go to hitch your horse and you're going to accidentally shoot the wall. And you're going to have to spend the night in prison because you uh, created a public disturbance. So that's a little, that's frustrating. There's Not no- if you shoot the marshal. I don't play the game that way. You totally can. You can be a jerk, but you get bounties put on your head in every you know state that you do something like that. So it gets really expensive um, if, if you're constantly going around and just shooting people on the sides of the road. Now, I'm trying to play it in the, the best good guy outlaw way I possibly can, and that you'll run into people on the side of the road who are asking for help or something. And I ran into a woman last night who was like, Oh, sir, please help me. My, my horse fell on my leg and it broke my leg and I got to get home. And, um, so I go to help her up and she pulls out a gun and says, you know, stick him up. So I go, okay, okay. Pull out my gun to shoot her. And then somebody saw me shoot her. So they were going to go report me. So I had to go track them down and kill them. And then somebody saw me kill that person. So they were going to, so I ended up murdering like seven people. <laughs> It's a slippery slope, Jimmy. I, I, I gotta, I gotta cut in here and read you. A, there's a, a friend of mine. Sure. Uh, his name is he goes by Max, or his name is Max, but he does stream. I'll try to find where he streams stuff, so I give him credit. But he wrote um, in Red Dead Redemption Two. I have a difficult time remembering the controls for things for whatever reason. As a result, I have blown away the post office clerk after paying off my bounty, forcing a new bounty on me. Yep, punched my horse in the ass. Yep. <laughs> driven a stagecoach over a cliff, stolen someone else's horse thinking it was mine. Yep, you're going to do that. Shot up at the sheriff's office, which, presented, which resulted in getting arrested for disturbing the peace. That's right, you kill a sheriff. And, and there's a pause, and he said, well, two of those things didn't even apply to bad controls. I was just being an asshole. I love this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's 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 really phenomenal. I'm 45% through it, um, and I don't want to be. I just want it to go on forever. So that's why I'm waiting. You know, I'm, I'm very excited about Red Dead Online, which I will give a full review of when it comes out. I promise. Now, well, I'm because I'm cu- I'm really curious as to how they're going to do their signature mechanic, and I, I don't think they can. Is what is is my belief? Um, because I don't think you can do the signature mechanic in a online multiplayer version because there's no way for them to to enact it for all players in the world. And that's, that's the, the slow-mo, you know, how, how, how time slows down and you target stuff. the Eagle eye. Is that what it's called? Oh, dead eye. Dead eye. Um, it'd be fine if it wasn't in there. I, I don't think that'd be like, Oh man, I, that, I don't think that would be a thing for me to go, Oh man, they don't have dead eye. Well, no, they, I'm not going to do it. I understand exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. I mean, but at that point, doesn't it just become a, like a grand theft auto clone with, um, with a Western theme. Sure. And that's fine. Okay. I, 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 there are so many things that they had, they took from Grand Theft Auto and, and put in here and there and, um, things that they learned from Grand Theft Auto five that they did again, or they upgraded. And I'm totally fine with it because the storytelling is amazing. And, um, I'm trying to grow my beard and my hair out as long as possible. Um, so we'll (laughs) see how far that gets Um, in the game or in real life. In the game. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm I'm so hoping, 
So hoping and praying and looking out for any signs of this in the game that there will be an Undead Nightmare 2 because Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare was absolutely amazing. Um, hoping for it. And uh, I'm going to leave you guys with one last thought. Now, learn from my mistakes. Okay. In the game, you have to keep your, your you have to help keep your camp supplied. Mm-hmm. I've heard people and, are really enjoying fishing and cutting wood. Like, oh, I haven't cut wood yet. Yeah, I've heard people oh, like, no. are having a good time cutting wood. I the camp is not supplied. It is though, because and I didn't find this out until last night. In um, Warrior needs food badly. Act four. <laughs> you know, I, I I go hunting a lot, and I'll I'll bring back meat to the camp, and a stew is prepared every day that you can you can take from. And but it was constantly. Always out of ammunition, always out of, you know, medicine. I don't know why. So, guys, what you're going to want to do is go to the led, the ledger by the tithing box and upgrade the parts of your camp. Um, you'll be able to consistently go back to your camp and grab canned goods and things like that and potions or not potions, but um, cure-all solution kind of snake oil kind of things. Tinctures. So, yeah, exactly. Go to your ledger. That's where you upgrade your camp. Okay. Took me getting almost halfway through the game to realize that. Wow. So Red Dead Redemption 2, it's absolutely amazing. You, you got to check it out. Um, and now you don't one, really need to play Red Dead Redemption, but right. it'll, it'll help. Gotcha. One of, one of the things that I heard about it was I've, I've got a, uh, I've got a coworker who's playing it and he absolutely loves it as well. But he was saying he was he was super psyched when he found out that you know stuff that you do in the game actually has like long reaching um, consequences. Yep. He he came across a guy who got bit by a snake, and he had the option to either help him or leave him. So he decided to help him, and then he said like two days later when he was playing the game, like like literally two two Earth days later, he was playing the game and he walked into this town. And there was some guy in the town talking about how some stranger had saved him. And, um, you know, when he was about to die from from a snake bite. Oh, yeah. It's where you suck the venom out of the guy. Yeah. Oh, well, I actually, remember that one. Actually, I think he just gave him some anti-venom or something like that. I sucked the venom out. Oh, okay. But he... Um, I'm 110 miles an hour in that game. He, he, <laughs> he said, like, two days later he was playing and he heard the guy talking. And the guy offered him, like, a, a free gun at the gun store or something. Yep. And, yeah, that yeah, that's the exact one. Yeah. He says, "Go in and buy any gun you want, and it's Only. on my tab." Yeah. So yeah, it, it, they do. They have far-reaching, you know, consequences. There's uh, uh, helped out a Civil War veteran. You know, gave him a couple of coins. So every time I go into town now, he's like, "Hey, this is a guy I told you about." So I'm constantly giving money to veterans because you know <laughs> it's the thing you should do. But uh, yeah, Greg, didn't you you have one as well? Uh, you, you were telling me today. About the bandage? Oh, yeah, like, someone, I didn't play it, but I saw somewhere that, like, some dude said he, he, like, winged a dude in the head with a gun by accident, like, shot, like, a bartender or something, and he said the next time he went mm-hmm. in there, the dude had, like, a bandage on his head. Yeah, it's a deep, deep game, and it's as much as of a, of a technical achievement as it is a, a beautiful story and a beautiful game, so uh, check it out. I don't think it's coming to PC, but... Um, it is coming to mobile, though. <laughs> I don't think so. But, yeah... Do check it out, please. I did want to, the person who wrote that thing, uh, his his Twitter is at Fomor Viceroy, that's F-O-M-O-R underscore V-I-C-E-R-O-Y. Uh, he is, 
he does the at disco podcast as well, or the disco podcast, which is Twitter is at disco podcast. So since I used his quote there, I decided that I should probably give him some credit as well. Okay, so we always talk about spoilers at the beginning of our episode. This is mega spoiler time. I'm going to briefly <gasps> talk about Walking Dead. And so this is a spoiler for you guys as well, the the co-host here. Uh, feel free to step away for a moment. I can text you when I'm done, but... Oh, no, you're fine. I already spoiled it for myself. Okay. So here is the deal. Walking Dead this season, I, I don't even know what season it is. Eight, I think? Uh, yes, I'll check. So they announced at the beginning, actually in the off season, they announced that Andrew Lincoln would be stepping away from Walking Dead. So with the history of Walking Dead, you kind of figured, okay, well, he's he's out of there. So they, when they kept on saying the final episodes of, of Rick on The Walking Dead, and they said, I believe, six episodes? Like they started this countdown at six episodes? Well, I believe episode five. I'm, I'm getting the numbers a little wrong here. Um, oh, jeez. Sorry, someone almost just killed, uh, what's his name, Jimmy? Yeah, that was major headhunting there. There's now a fight on the field. I'm a little be- little behind on it, uh, so I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's yeah. season nine. Okay, so it's season nine. Anyway, um, so back to the podcast. So you kind of assumed that Rick was going to die just because of what the what the show is and what uh, the way things work. So I believe at the end of the, last, the previous episode, I believe that was four, I, I'm not really up on the numbers. Uh, Rick is trying to lead a zombie horde away from some former saviors who are working on a bridge. And he gets caught up in like a kind of a three-way or four-way intersection on his horse. And there are, are, uh, yeah, I said three-way near Rob. That's a problem. And there's a bunch of hordes of zombies coming down different things. And the horse rears back and tosses Rick off of it. And of course they did that thing where you see him like laying on a piece of concrete that's kind of like tilted up. There's a bunch of rebar around and stuff, and he's not getting up, and he's kind of like... And then the, at the very end, the camera cuts to him, and he's impaled on some rebar. Oh, no! Which looks horribly painful. And so, moving on from that, that was kind of how it cliffhangered. So you figure, okay, he's going to either get eaten by zombies, but of course that's a little too easy for the, the last episode. They're not going to really tease it like that. So he does pull himself off of said rebar as the zombies are approaching, and... His quote-unquote final episode is him on the horse and in a few other places, other locations, kind of drifting in and out of consciousness, which I said earlier that that drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. They've done um, that several times, too. Yeah, uh, they most viscerally and well. In fact, probably the only one I really liked was with, uh, oh, what's his face? It was in that kid's bed. He was in the, the kid's bedroom dying. T-Dog? No, not T-Dog. T-Dog got... Oh, it? it was... um. Um, the big guy, Tyrese. Uh, yeah. Tyrese, Tyrese, Tyrese. Yes. Yeah, which was really good and actually, oh, it was, soul, wasn't it? Yeah, soul crushing. Yeah. So anyway, they do this thing, and you see a bunch of people. the The part of it that was really sad was, of course, seeing Herschel because the actor that played Herschel died earlier that month, mm-hmm. and they had said that he had filmed a part in Walking Dead. So you kind of knew there was going to be something up. So it was really sad to see him, but there was a bunch of things that reminded me a little bit of some stuff. Like I totally forgot that. Ju- that Judith was not Rick's kid. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Because you see, you see his wife, and you see uh, who's the old partner, Shane. I'm, Shane. I'm not Shane. You see Shane and them talking and stuff. Anyway, uh, the other little plot point going on at this time. There's two. There's a bridge that's about to collapse. That's what the old saviors were working on uh, because there was a, a bunch of like 
the river, I guess, upstream had the, the jetty had broken and it was like about to tear down this bridge they were working on. So that was one thing. The other thing is Jadis, who you might remember as the trash lady or the weird garbage lady. Uh, by the way, Jadis, French word for witch or also long ago, which I nice. found today pur purely by accident, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, she is now known as Anne, which I'm so much happier with because I don't like when they, I mean, at this point, these people were what? In zombie apocalypse for like two years or so, maybe. They shouldn't and have they're forgotten like, how to speak English. Yeah, and like, yeah, they shouldn't. They're they're not gonna do shtick. They're too busy trying to survive. So I'm so happy that she's like back to normal. And she's talking to people, and it's the people with the helicopter that you've seen over the past couple seasons. And they're like saying, "Do you do you have an A or a B? I have one for you." And and I think either this episode early or the previous episode, she's trying to infect Gabriel with zombie bite to bring them an A, and she can't do it. And anyway, so that's kind of the, the two plot points. There's a bridge, and then there's this Jadis thing. So anyway, Rick eventually gets to the bridge and is like, you know what, I can save all of our people and keep Hilltop safe if I get all the zombies to the bridge and then blow the bridge. Or it's not finished being fixed yet, maybe it'll collapse on its own. So he gets the zombies there, it doesn't collapse, and he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. He's like on the horse, barely alive. He's like, the, the poor white horse is just covered in blood. It's uh, a red horse. Yeah, it's not a red horse. Kind of like probably the horse after that Jimmy runs it off of a cliff or a wall. Hey, man, I'm tr I'm trying, damn it. Unavoidable sometimes. So anyway, so he's like, he realized it's not going to fall. There is some very conveniently placed dynamite that he blows up on the bridge. Everyone else had just kind of gotten there and they were kind of realizing Rick was hurt. And he was telling them to go, like, just go away because I'm not going to make it. And of course, Daryl's picking off zombies with his crossbow and there's other people shooting at zombies. And just as they approach, Rick blows up the bridge with the dynamite. And you're like, okay, well, he saved everybody. He put all the groups together because the groups were starting to f to fray. And they all witnessed it. So they're like, okay, we're good. And he had a good death. And then the very end of the episode happens, which actually was interesting. So Rick's... I, so I, I read about this because I wanted to know because I had no intention of watching it. I, I really have no means of watching it right now. So... I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. Rick's gonna die. You know, let me go ahead and read. Read. Whoa, you do have a means to watch it. I do have sliding glass doors that you can see my television through. That's not what I watch when I'm in your backyard. Okay, that's not well, what that's I good. watch. Either. But yeah, I read about it and I was like, wait, what? So why don't you tell us what happened? Okay, so basically, Jadis was supposed to, or Anne was supposed to give Gabriel the priest to these helicopter people for whatever reason, but infected. So I'm assuming they're going to be like a military group or something trying to cure zombieism. But I don't know why they couldn't just step outside and get a zombie. But anyway, so she won't kill, she won't infect him. So she basically like lets them, so they come and they're like, oh, did you double cross us? And then just then she looks over and sees Rick wash up onto the shore in like the little area, a little bit convenient, but he washes up. And you realize he's actually still alive. Um, there was actually there was actually a very cool scene when the bridge blows up of all of these flaming zombies like walking into this raging river, and it was beautifully done. Was, the physics were a little weird, but it was really well done and fun to watch. Nice. So anyway, they so she's like, I have a bee, so another a person that I guess is hurt but not dead or something, and I guess he's a good one, whatever. And so the last thing you see is Jadis or Anne and Rick alive on this helicopter being taken somewhere. So it's, so he survives. And the, uh, the other thing they did is they announced that night that there's going to be some walking dead movies following Rick. So he's 
not going to be on the TV show, so it's his final episodes of the show, but he's going to have his own movies. Hmm. Yeah, and let me tell you my my theory on that, because this this show can't last forever. Um, I really hope that this ends with Rick being, like, president of the New World Order um, in his third and final movie. Um if if they're doing this, no, he's not dead thing, and they're gonna kill him at the end of the third movie anyway. Like, that'd be cheap, in my opinion. So, uh, uh, hopefully, it's a, it's a bright new day at the end of these three movies. So we'll see. There's a couple other little things too. Well, actually, one is a huge thing. One in uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, which I've only sort of watched. I kind of watch it on and off. One of the things this season was about a hurricane that happened, and I'm wondering if the the river overflowing had something to do with that. Um, it was a very low budget hurricane, so you kind of just saw the like end result versus like the actual hurricane. And also the other thing, the the very end tag of this episode was very interesting in that there is a brand new group of survivors that are running and you know killing zombies as they go and just and then they get basically surrounded and they're like, We gotta what do we do? Should we go back to back? Should we just fight our way out? And it's like, well, let's just open up a seam and go. And right when they're about to do it, a zombie gets like its head blown off. Uh one of the uh I forget ah oh, shoot I wrote down his name and I forgot it. Uh, one of his, the new survivors is he's, he plays the, the father's brother on the Goldbergs, but he was also in balls of fury. Um, oh, really? Never saw it. Uh, he, he is, uh, I am contacting the, um, research department. Research department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's that actor. He kind of is like the modern version of, uh, of Booger from revenge of the nerds. Oh, is it is it the main the main character from Balls of Balls of uh, Fury? I think so. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like I, I want to call him Dewey. His, I have no idea. I've I've had it up on the screen. He's almost like a Jack Black type character. Yeah, Dan Fogler is his name. Um, That's it. Yeah, he was in Fanboys, Balls of Fury. Oh, he's he's in uh, Fantastic Fantastic Beasts. Uh, he's, oh, is he? He's Jacob. Is he Jacob? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so they're all stuck. And right then, someone picks him off, and then it, it cuts to this this small hand picking up uh, Rick's hat that used to be Carl. That was Carl's hat, and then previously was Rick's hat. And it is Judith, and she's like eight or nine years old. And it's like, oh wow, they jumped forward. Like, and we all knew there was going to be a jump forward, but mm-hmm. this was like an eight year jump forward at a very weird time. Like, it was six years. Six years forward. Okay, so it's a six year jump forward. At a because they had jumped forward a year and a half from the previous season to this season, mm-hmm. so it's an additional six years. Um, Car- like Carol's got long hair. Um, you don't see Maggie. They do like one of those things, like a retrospective of what's to come. And it was the first time in a long time that I was like, I actually cannot wait to see what's next. Mm-hmm. It looked like very interesting. Um, you know, it does pose some questions, like if Rick survived and is really far away, and his daughter is somewhere else, why the hell wouldn't he try to come back? But I'm intrigued. Maybe the movies will answer that question. Possibly true. Um, the whisperers are coming because they they did have a scene. They showed someone kind of in a ravine on the side of a road, and you heard like zombies going by, and they were hiding. And you heard the, the zombies whispering to each other, and yep. the people look at each other, and they're like, they can communicate. And they're like, you know, there's a little cutaway of them saying like, oh, they're evolving. But we know what they are because we've read it. Yep. Um, so, you know, what I'm I thought was like, what you. I thought was just going to be something kind of silly. And some people are having... You know, concerns about the fact that it was a little bit too coincidental that Jadis found him, et cetera, et cetera. I thought it was good. I was, I'm actually looking forward to this Sunday's episode. Nice. Awesome. So a little known fact that one of the first episodes that Jimmy and I ever recorded as kind of a special episode that never got released. Yeah. Was about 
a Metallica concert. Yes, it was. Uh, somewhere that episode exists. It was when I was learning how to edit and when we were learning how to not sound like complete morons while talking on a podcast. And when I looked at it, we had spent an hour and a half to two hours talking about getting to the concert. And yeah. <laughs> and there was still another three hours to go of the concert. And I was like, this is not ever getting out there. But all you people out there that want to start podcasts, you know, do fake episodes first and then yeah. determine what, what your sweet spot is. Do test runs. I mean, by no means are we experts, but uh, that one will never see the light of day. But anyway, the reason why I'm talking about this is that Metallica has re-released and Justice for All. And quick little story about that for me, and then I'm gonna and Jimmy's gonna actually take it from there and talk about why. Yep. But when I was in high school, uh, Metallica was about to release their. No, I'm sorry. They had just released the Black Album, which was their huge breakout giant album. Yeah. Now, this was not the era of internet and stuff like that, where you could go back and listen to other stuff, but I knew of the song one, and I really wanted to get Injustice for All. There was a dude, I still remember his name, his name was Todd, and he was that guy that was always selling crap. Oh, I can get that for you. You know, I can get you some Oakleys for 20 bucks, or I can do this. Pretty sure he was stealing stuff, but at the time, didn't really think about that. And then he got me Injustice for All, and I remember I traded some Nintendo game for it. <laughs> to him. I got Injustice for All, and for a while, I didn't really know what a bootleg was. I thought... I was like, I really like the song one, but I did, I thought the album was fake because it sounded like garbage. And I was not an advanced listener, still not. But I was like, this sounds not nearly as good as Metallica's Black Album. Sure. And now that they're releasing a re-release, Jimmy, you can go ahead and explain as to why it sounds like garbage. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think Injustice for All in itself sounds like garbage. Um, but there is is quite a hole in there and that hole is being the bass which was uh almost just missing from the album so it sounds very thin it does it sounds very thin very um you know high treble uh and, and just a little bit weird if you go back and listen to it you know you, you go wait a minute wh where is the bass well it's it's not that they didn't have a bass player they had a new bass player um their bass player cliff burton uh, you know, was, was killed in a uh, horrific accident, um, on their tour bus in 1986 in Sweden, um, where he, uh, they, there'd been some, um, discussion about the uncomfortable, uh, sleeping spaces in their, on their tour bus. So they drew cards to, um, determine who, you know, who got first pick and, and Cliff Burton drew the ace of spades. And, uh, unfortunately was ejected from the tour bus in an accident and crushed by the bus. Yeah, so, so I guess he, um, he, I guess the bus hit a patch of ice. That's, and... that's what is said. Although after the, after the fact, uh, the police and, and James Hetfield walked up and down the street and couldn't find any, um, uh, James Hetfield had claimed that the driver was drunk. The driver had claimed that he got a full night's sleep, sleep, uh, the markings of the bus indicated that, um, the tire tracks of the bus are, were very, actually very similar to what happens when a driver falls asleep. So okay. the bus driver himself, he was never charged for it. So, you know, we won't sully his name or anything, but so Cliff Burton, Cliff Burton passes away. Um, and Justice for All is their, their fourth studio album is their first album since he passed away. And, um, after, after tryouts, they finally hired Jason Newstead who previously played bass for Flotsam and Jetsam, 
Now, Metallica, this is kind of interesting to note, passed on a uh, talented young bass player by the name of Les Claypool, <laughs> who went on to form the band Primus, who has a huge following themselves. It was not, as James Field said, he was too good, but they just thought he was a freaking weirdo, uh, the words of Les Claypool. They're not wrong. Yeah, he, he's a weird dude. Uh However, with the addition of Jason Newstead, uh, there was no justice given to Newstead because why? Well, there's there's a couple of things that they thought. You know, first there's always stories about them hazing Jason Newkid. Yep. Um, for there's you a, know, various things for way longer than they should have because yeah, was the bass player on one of the biggest metal albums of all time, the Black Album, and he was good. And he actually did write a earlier, I believe he wrote. A guitar. No, I'm sorry. He wrote the opening of Injustice for All with on his bass, but it became the beginning of Blackened that um, Hetfield played on his guitar. So he wrote it on bass, but it got played and he got credit for it. So there was, you know, it's hazing, but they also used some of his other stuff. Now, Flotsam and Jetsam is kind of where one of the things I saw that in Flotsam and Jetsam when he was playing bass, this is a uh, up and coming metal band from Arizona. And when he was playing bass for them he was told to always follow along with the rhythm guitar. Mm -hmm. Rhythm guitar in Metallica is James Hetfield. And I guess Hetfield uh, tunes his bass really low to get kind of a you know the big metal well, sound. You said Hetfield tunes his bass really low. Oh, sorry, tunes his guitar really low to get the, right. the, the ba a bass sound. You know, Drop really D. Low. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is that what it is? I've, again, never played. Drop D is a big metal sound that okay. everybody goes for. Unless you're Meshuggah, you go like drop negative D. <laughs> You can only only certain animals can hear it. Are you saying that it's all about that bass? No trouble. I thought we muted Rob during the Metallica conversation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he tracked his bass to James Hetfield, and it, they said they couldn't really tell where Hetfield's guitar ended and Newstead's bass began. And this was kind of came from mixing engineer Steve Thompson and. There was also some other conversations where they could have probably got around it, but but Lars Ulrich actually did mix him off of the album, whether it being a superstitious thing, a a personal affront, something. Yeah, uh, it, you know, apparently Newstead got hazing. over it. Yeah, um, he, he cried into fistfuls of thousand dollar bills. Is that a thing? Is there such a thing as a thousand dollar bill? Yes. Okay. So yeah, after Newstead got a chance to you know come off the stage after playing for millions of people and then crying into fistfuls of hundred dollar bills, we'll say. Uh, he got over it, and he kind of accepted it. But anyway, the reason why we're talking about this is because this whole release came out. Uh, a bunch of options. I wrote them all down here. I'm not going to really go into it. You could either buy the version that has 11 CDs and is probably hundreds of dollars with a coffee table book and lyrics and a bunch of other stuff, all the way down to a three-CD version that has some live stuff. Um, if you really want to hear that album with bass, by the way, you can go and listen to it on YouTube. There is a thing called Justice for Newstead that has it, the full album with bass added in. And it's actually pretty good, except you have to listen to it on YouTube. And uh, yeah, so uh, what what you got about the remix? What do you, what do you think? Well, I like it. Um, it <laughs> it makes Lars um, sound better than he is, I think. Mm -hmm. Lars Ulrich is a notoriously kind of sloppy drummer. Now, I can't do the things that he does. I, He's... Let me very, say that. He's very high energy, and sometimes he gets ahead of himself. 
Yeah, and he's just like, hey, my name is like Lars, and you guys like want to listen to real metal, then like don't download Napster and stuff, man. Um, <laughs> but that's how he talks. He's notoriously difficult to work with. Um, and I really feel like this album, although it sounds great, is very much creatively driven by Lars. Um, he basically went in the studio and said, make my drums sound better. And they did. The drums sound great. Mm-hmm. Too they great. They crack, they pop, they, they yeah. hit. They're, it's, it's, the drums are too good, which contributes to this album sounding fantastic. But I, uh, Greg, we had this conversation earlier where you said, oh, yeah, I'm sure they moved the drums up a lot. And I feel like they brought in, like, a different drummer. They brought in the guy from, like, Fear Factory to play the drums for this album. Or Dave Grohl. I don't know. That's what it feels like to me. Um, it's super tight. It sounds very clean. And unfortunately, when they had the opportunity to actually include the bass on this album, they did not. Which, when I first listened to it, I was like, oh, there it is. And it's... And then I, you think it is because they they pushed the drums up so much and yep. they made the drums sound so much better. So it sounds a lot more full, and they pushed the guitar the the low end guitars up. Yeah, I noticed so, that a lot. Mm-hmm. I definitely noticed that after I read it, I was like, you know, you're they're right. And I was listening. The one of the reasons was I was first was listening to it on crappy headphones. It still sounded good. And then I listened to it after I read that article on like good headphones, and I was like, okay. Um, but you're right about it sounding clean. Like the guitars are very clean. They're, they're so tight. Like blackened is just the, like the fastest, like triplet action. And it just gets my heart pumping. You know, I want to go run a marathon. Yeah. Um, there was a, I, I don't remember if it's a blackened or harvester of sorrow at the very end. There's like a little, like mini breakaway solo of that where, uh, Kirk Hammett just kind of does a little kind of noodling on a guitar and it's just a really kind of quick couple beat solo and that's the part where i was like well i never noticed that before and it's good yeah there are there are things especially in one uh, which is I, I gotta give a little side here uh one the song was my introduction to metallica rob uh, do you know do you actually know the song one no i think um, you might because I, I think I it's mean, one I of the songs recognize that... it, but i don't know by title rob have you ever seen the movie or read the book johnny got his gun no Okay, it's the Metallica video where it's got the guy and he's laying in the hospital bed. And it's, it's an anti-war book, movie, yeah. whatever, where basically this guy is really excited to go off to war and he gets blown up and he loses his arms, his legs, his hearing, his sight, um, everything. And he's basically just like in a bed covered like and he can't move. He can't do anything. And he's basically like, kill me. Okay. <laughs> and this, the song is kind of about that in a way. It is. And the album is itself. Um, it, 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 yeah, you're right. It's based off a 1938 anti-war novel called Johnny Got Your Gun. Johnny Got His Gun. And I, I was absolutely fascinated by the video, by the song. And in the age of not having the internet, I can't remember how I found out what it was based off of, but I read that book in high school and man, that book is hard to, hard to take down. Yeah. Um, the, the reason I thought you might know one. Rob is because I I vaguely remember one of my friends that that also did guard talking about one of like the big troops doing something to that song hmm. because it starts off slow and then it builds into like this double bass thing and someone knew it and I was like wow you know the song and and, I, and they're like oh yeah so and so guard did it that's and I might be 
picking the wrong song, but I, it's just why I thought. So anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, no, it's got one of the greatest guitar solos of all time. Um, I found myself looking up YouTube videos the other night from when we saw them, and wow. With the, the what, explosions on the stage? Explosions on the stage and, like, lasers coming out of everywhere. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, so I, I would have to put, it, you know, Justice up there as as my second favorite Metallica album. Wow. Yeah. Um, of, their, of their big ones, that was actually my last. My least oh, really? Favorite. What? It, it was. Of it their was, big ones, like Ride the Lightning. Master um, of Puppets, the Black Album. I didn't like the Black Album. And Kill Em All. Master is my favorite. It, yeah, it goes Master's good. It goes for me, Master, Kill Em All. No, I'm sorry, Master, Ride the Lightning, Kill Em All, Black Album, and then Injustice. Mine would they're be, all, they're uh, all classics. Mine would be Kill Em All, uh, Justice, uh, Master. I, I wouldn't even include the Black Album in there, honestly. Wow. I did not like it. I, I do have one thing to say, and this is about one of our uh, our other listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will refer to him as Jeebus One. <laughs> so Jeebus One, also known as well, Steve, that's he um, is one of my other. Hello, Steve. Yes, he is also one of my arch nemeses up there with Mitch and Kerwin. So I was listening to this thing, and I was in a complete zone, getting ready for one. I was like, I got to, I, the way I listened to it was I was going to get to one during my lunch break so I could actually focus on every single note because of what that song is. And I'm sitting there in, in my office listening to that. And it gets to the, you know, you know, the really awesome breakdown after all the double bass where it like kind of stops and then starts again. Mm-hmm. Like you can hear it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right at that part, he pops his head and he's like, Hey, how are you? Completely making me miss the part I was waiting for the entire day. You know, and like, and this is why people don't like you, Steven. Oh, Steve, man, <sighs> what are you doing? I found it interesting enough to note that uh, the current bass player of Metallica, we saw them do a tribute uh, to Cliff Burton, which was very cool. They had huge footage of Cliff Burton playing in the background. Legendary bass player. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, go back to, and listen to Anesthesia pulling, te- pulling Teeth. The guy had an amazing style. Uh, there's no telling where his his abilities would be these days. But uh, interesting enough to note, Robert Trujillo of uh, Suicidal Tendencies and Infectious Grooves is the current bass player of Metallica, which I think is just the coolest thing. I, I think, think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. He's actually the longest running bass player of Metallica. Oh yeah, well now he would be, yeah. Um, and he's just a he's a monster on stage, man. And and I don't know, he must have like calves and quads of steel because he he plays in like a low horse stance. He does and, all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I love watching old videos of suicidal tendencies and and seeing him in there and just thrashing out. And I'm like, he's in Metallica now. I just think that's the coolest thing. Yeah. And uh, so Injustice for All is available on every possible thing. If you have Amazon Prime Music, that's where I've been listening to it. Yep. I've um, been listening to it on Spotify Premium. Um, I can tell you I don't really care to hear live music recorded um, because I'd like to be there and hear it myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care about the live tracks on there. 
I don't really care to the kind of James Hetfield riffing things are pretty cool, but otherwise I just don't really care. I just want to hear Injustice for All. So my suggestion would be get the low end, you know, the low tier of that unless you're the version. The, yeah. the big box set comes with like six full concerts. But yeah. they're recorded in eighty eight and eighty nine. There's no way they're gonna sound great. They don't sound great. It it's cool to be man, yeah, they were as technical back then as they are now, but eh. I'm going to be like, oh, dude, yeah, I love the recording of uh, Battery from 1988. Yeah, it's the best one ever. Like, no, no, I don't care. No. The, the Battery Am I Evil uh, triplet thing, I forget what the other song is, is really good, though. Well, right. Last Caress is pretty good on there, too. That one, that one as well. Yeah. Okay. Which is a Misfit song that they covered. Uh, so now we've talked about Metallica a whole bunch. We are awaiting hearing from their lawyers, and we are going to... Sorry, Lars. Up. We're going to finish up the episode with... Two give me five questions. We are. The first question is going to be posed to Rob. Rob, who doesn't post on social media very much because he's smart. And he actually did post this week, as we mentioned. He posted a picture of a uh, adult toy store, which no, caused Jimmy and I. Toy adult toy storage. 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 Yes. Which caused Jimmy and I to have to lay down some rules. So his punishment is... Uh, what are the top five things Rob should not be posting on Instagram? Okay. How about I give you five and you guys put them in order? Okay. That's acceptable. All right. So um, I'll start with something very obvious that I have access to. Okay. Infected wounds. Okay. Now, is that something you could legally repost? Um, I know a lot of doctors post like... It, as long as there's no patient information. Okay. Yes. No identifying information. Ugh, I don't want to see it. Okay. Okay, what do you got, number four? My poop. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have threatened on numerous occasions to send Greg pictures of my poop. Okay. Um, there is, uh, th there's two very strong uh, number ones there. <laughs> and one number two. for that. <laughs> okay. We are, we are scraping the bottom of the barrel, folks. Yes. Um, genitalia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not something we need to see on our thing, uh -huh. on, our, on our Instagram. Anything political? Yeah, no. Because you know how I like to be offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I have almost accidentally posted political stuff on our thing, just on our, on our Twitter page, just because I look and I'm in the wrong account. So go on, continue. And then what I see while looking through Greg's window. Uh, no, you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. You're You're good with that? That's allowed. <laughs> I actually liked your suggestion, Greg. That's going to put us in a bad place. <laughs> but but I but I really did did not want to, to steal your idea. Yeah, but so, so we'll we'll talk about that. I think off the air. <laughs> oh, Greg oh. and Greg. I'm not even allowed to talk about that one. Yeah, not because <laughs> I think not because I'm offended by it, but we never know who might get offended by it and. Our career wise, what are you talking about? I said something when you stepped away from the mic that I was that I jokingly said, but we'll we'll talk about it off the air. Um, and if anyone wants to email us and find out, because I'm going to email you guys and be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. So so anyway, um, I think and it, we're going to order this. I think all of those are number one. <laughs> yep. Um, except for the what I see when looking through Greg's window, because go ahead, you can post away. Yeah, yeah it, like a, it, it's just Greg in like knee high socks and tidy whities with Cheeto stains. 
No, nah, not really. Yeah, I I live a very very boring life. You're uh, it's, it, it, it's today I, this evening I had to. That's the mystery. Th- this evening it was fun, but what I did that was so exciting was I decorated a a paper turkey to make him incognito so they could hide him in the classroom of my of my five year old. I made so, copies of those. Yeah, there was this cute little turkey. We we dressed him up like a ninja. So I went to the store today and got some fabric and we made him a little turkey ninja. Nice. Um, so that that might end up on Instagram also right after the pictures of infected wounds you put on there. Okay, so that is one of our questions. The other one was actually very tough. And Jimmy yeah. posed this question today, so go ahead. All right, so this question is, what are your top five Metallica songs? So we're not saying the best five Metallica songs. Cause that's just impossible to, to argue or debate. So I could probably do, do, do a – you would have to be the influential ones. One would have to be on there. Uh, Enter Salmon, even though I don't like it all that much. I'm but not Inter a big Salmon, fan of that song. Unforgiven. But, but it made them huge. Enter Salmon, but basically when it came out that summer, it made it, it was like the second metal album ever to hit number one because of that song. I, yeah. I know that song. Yeah. You, you would have to um, include Unforgiven on that too. And I yeah, hate that song. I know that song also. Yeah. Um, Master of Puppets is one of, still one of their best songs ever written. Would have to be on there for the top, the best five. And, I don't actually don't think Unforgiven would be on there. It was big, but I don't think it would be on there. But I think Fade to Black is actually more important because it got them some notoriety because of the the whole suicide pack thing, and it, clearly something off of Kill 'Em All because that invented thrash metal for the most part. So it'd have to be those would be freaking metal militia, man. Yeah, I was thinking Hit the Lights personally, but I Hit the Lights right. or Whiplash. I mean, so that's those, my favorite. Those would be the, the best or most important. But we're gonna do mm-hmm. our favorite. So go ahead, Jimmy. All right. So starting, uh, which you just recently mentioned, uh, my number five is Master of Puppets. Number four is Orion. Pastor of Muppets. The Pastor of Muppets is my number five. Uh, No, Master of Puppets. Number four is Orion. And I I told you this was my favorite. Yeah. I told you this was my favorite Metallica song earlier, but I lied. Uh, My number three is going to be Metal Militia. Okay. Uh, Not for those dudes that, accepted it and they're like the hardcore bmx guys whatever but um metal militia is just a great thrash song number two is going to be battery nice. absolutely love battery they left that off their show i was so upset and my number one is going to be one nice the song one, one from injustice for all is one one is one mine, mine is going to be a little different now i there were a few that i wanted to put on there but i couldn't find a space for them and this was hard uh for whom That's the bell tolls thank you for whom the bell tolls, I believe, played at our coworker Mitch's wedding, uh, is up there. Uh, Sanitarium is one that I always loved, and Harvester of Sorrow from Man Justice. I'm not uh, a big fan of Sanitarium. Hmm. Yeah, not a big fan of that song at all. Okay, and uh, Leper Messiah as well. No, oh, nice. Like all of those are like they're right there. They're if we went up to ten, they'd be there. But now you're probably not. You might not even know this one. But Outlaw, sure. the Outlaw Torn. Off of it. uh, not the original recording. I love love the one off of the S and M album, like the mm-hmm. the one with the symphony. There's that is one of my songs that I will play when I have to get pumped up. Like when I was just on stage for that for the Halloween party, I listened to that first before I like went on. That's that's up there with Burn by Nine Inch Nails. So, yeah, it's a good hype track. Yeah, yeah. So there's something about that song. It's a banger. Yeah, exactly. We're not allowed to say that we're um, old. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. So that's that. Um, you're going to not like my number four. Uh, I actually really like the Unforgiven. Ugh. 
Yeah, it's something about it. I actually, um, one of my playlists <laughs> on my Amazon is the Unforgiven 1, 2, and 3, like, you know, played right out. Video of that old man in the... Yeah, yeah. it's a little creepy. But That was creepy. It just totally turned me off from it. That guy, definitely dead. Very, very dead. Totally dead. Yeah. Uh, number three is one. So one is one for you. Three is one for me. That's confusing. Okay. But, yeah. A little bit. Uh, number two. Actually, fade. I think one is three for you. There we go. Thank you. Uh, number two is Fade to Black. Too depressing for me. Uh, just something about that song. Although someone almost almost ruined that song for me. An old friend of mine, he said that the guitar solo of Fade to Black is basically just the Lone Ranger song. And I was like, Ugh. and now I kind of hear it, but it doesn't matter. Love that song. You, a lot of my the songs I like are like the heavy to light to ballad to heavy build up kind of songs. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, but number one uh, is Master of Puppets. There's no possible time that I can't hear that song and get, and get like hyped up and excited to hear it. If I don't know what I want to listen to and I've got, you know, like I want to listen to some music, but I don't know what Master of Puppets usually ends up on. Yeah, mine are, mine are definitely the more thrashy tracks. I'm, I'm a huge fan of thrash. Um, currently listening to Skullfist. Uh, they're totally thrash. Axe Slasher, who, uh, big shout out. We follow Axe Slasher on Instagram. They follow us. Um, uh, Rob, you, you said you picked up the new Axe Slasher album and liked it, right? Sure. Uh, new Axe Slasher is coming out, Night of the Shears, and the new single's out. It's great, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, Axe Slasher, man, check them out. We, we want to talk to them. I want to talk to them. I'd love to talk to Axe Slasher. Axe Slasher, if you're listening, guys, love to Hit talk us up. to you. Yeah. I'll reach out to them. That'd be awesome. Or goat whore. <laughs> Those guys are so busy, man. Goat, goat whore, and they're, they're, they're busy dudes. Mm -hmm. Squirrel cadaver. Yeah, squirrel cadaver as well. <laughs> okay, guys. So first of all, thank you for listening. That was awesome. Uh, you know, it was it was hard not being around last week. Um, so hopefully you stuck with us. It was. It was tough not to record. Yeah. It, it kind of sucked. It's, but it's we, were, we were actually very busy, and poor, poor Jimmy – has had to cover a billion shifts and it, I, I'm good now, man. I'm, yeah. I'm good now. So all good. So, uh, I guess, you know, like us and follow us and subscribe to us and rate us and tell us how cute Rob's puppy is. Yeah. Tell us how cute Rob's puppy is and <laughs> feel free to email us and ask what the offensive thing is, but you're not allowed to uh, get angry at us. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and close it out. Thanks for listening. And I'm going to find out what these two jerks are talking about. Uh, guys, as we are finishing recording this episode Thursday night, the front of my phone lit up and there was actually a news report that Diablo 4 has been <laughs> leaked by Blizzard. We just talked about it. Um, their stocks fell significantly. Now this just came up. We like literally hit end and I looked down at my phone and that's what I saw. So they did leak Diablo 4, something we talked about earlier in this episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not yep. sure where they leaked it. Now there's a, as you said, a neckbeard. <laughs> talking on YouTube about it, showing clips and stuff. I don't know where this, these clips actually are, but... Well, and um, and if they'd have done this during the event, we probably wouldn't have even had the situation that we had. Maybe no. without the neckbeard guy. Yeah, because if, if that were the case, um, they would have shown it and been like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, we've got a mobile game coming out. People have been like, oh, that's so cool. Like, in addition to Diablo yeah. 4. But that's, that's not the way it went. And um, I, I can't really say much because I, I do have a neck beard myself. 
so he actually has much less of a neck board neck beard than I do. <laughs> so I don't know. It looks like Diablo to me. I mean, how I I don't know that you'd see that and go, oh my god, I'm so excited because it it just it's Diablo, dude. It's an isometric like click and kill. Yeah, right. I don't know. But I mean, but these are these are rabid Blizzard fans that you're talking about. Oh and, yeah, Blizzard they, fans. They, yeah, and they felt completely disrespected by by Blizzard and management, and com- not disrespected. They felt disregarded by mm-hmm. Blizzard when they're when they're you know putting out this this game that they're like, oh, you know what? We know this is a cash grab, but we know you're going to buy it anyway. So here, this is our big announcement. Take this and run with it. And they're like, you know what? F you. No, yeah. that's that's not what we want. And and you know it was that it was just. I think they would have avoided the entire situation if they'd have done what you just said, where they said, Hey, we've got Diablo four guys. It's still coming. Here's a little teaser to keep you over. Oh, and by the way, we also have a mobile game coming out later this year. Diablo immortal. Check it out. Yeah. And I will not be surprised when there's not a BlizzCon next year. Are you done recording? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about because I have one. All right. All right. Yeah. I, well, music. Blah blah blah. That's our new intro. Yes. <laughs> music. Blah blah blah.